Thanks, Ben. Just wanted to thank everyone for who was involved yesterday. We had a real crowd here. I think, yeah, yeah. Good on you, Shane. Just, it was a real team effort. There was about 100 plus uh, people came for a high tea that was raising funds for the chaplains that our school supports and uh, it was just really good. And just want to thank Shane and Mike. Is Michael here anywhere? No, it's his, it's his birthday today. I was going to wish him a happy birthday. Shane and Michael came up to deliver something and never left for I don't know how or long. Just, just want to thank... Thank everyone. I think, I think we, we don't know how much yet, but I think it's about three grand or something was raised. So about a grand for each of the three chaplains that we're connected with. So that was really great. Really good to be in the presence of the Lord, isn't it? Just good. To, I really enjoyed that picture Ben had of putting our hands up like a funnel. Just, I just felt like there was rain for me. I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm, I'm looking for the rain today. And um, I actually heard, and I overheard that there was a con conversation going on um, uh, between, uh, there was in this room, there was a gathering, there was a rabbi and there was a, there was a priest and there was Ben, I think it was Ben was there, Pen Pentecostal preacher, see, see, and um, they were having a chat about what they'd like said at their funeral. So, uh, you want to know what the rabbi said? You know, well, he, he, he really studied the scriptures and he really knew the background of the Bible. And he just wanted, he just felt like when he preached and shared the word of God that people were inspired and they felt like their eyes were being opened. And he said he just wanted at his funeral to be told for them to just, you know, just share about how, how, uh, how good he was in that. The priest, he just was a man of compassion, really loved the poor did heaps for his town. He wanted them to talk about his compassion and his care for people. Then ben, ben said, at my funeral, I'd like them to get up and all of a sudden they'd say, oh, he's moving. <laughs> Don't you love it? I just, I just want to appreciate Ben for his passion for the things of the Spirit and it's true, you know, whatever is dead, God, God can bring it back to life. And our most difficult times, he can turn them for good. So, um, just so good. And we just want to be, I just want to share a few uh, scriptures today. Just do a little bit of a, a journey. Just share a few things that perhaps you've read before. Just want to encourage you that God has more for us. God always has more and the Spirit of God wants to pour himself out in, into our lives more and more. I'm um, going to read you some verses. This is the first one. We just want to honour the Holy Spirit today. You know, he doesn't talk a lot about himself, doesn't talk from his own authority. He talks on behalf of, of God and the other. He just points us to G, a G, a G, a Jesus, but we want to make room, room for him because there's a river. There's a river that he brings there's a river that can refresh us, and I just want us to lean in over these weeks to him and to more of what he has for us. He says, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage. This is Jesus when he was with the disciples, getting towards the end of his time, and he's just gathering them around. He's giving them perhaps some of his last speeches. 
And he says, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the, the help, helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. We have someone that's been sent to us. Someone that when he's with us, when he's in us, uh, it is of more advantage to us. We are better off having the whole Holy Spirit resident in our, in our heart and in our lives and amongst us than Jesus standing here in his uh, physical presence. You know, it's to our advantage. Just want you to get that picture. He's, a G, a G, a G, Jesus himself said, greater things will we do because he goes to the Father. I just, that, that is a challenge. Greater things will we do because the Holy Spirit is resident in us and amongst us than Jesus being here himself. I don't know if that's quantity or whether that's quality, but I just know he said greater things will we do. We're in the church age, and the church age is the age when the Spirit has been poured out. It was the day of Pentecost that birthed the church. It was our beginning. It's our roots, and we need to talk about it. Jesus told the disciples they weren't to attempt to fulfill the Great Commission without the help of the Spirit. He said to them in, in Acts, he says, and while, and while staying, staying with them, he ordered them. He ordered them. It wasn't just a suggestion. He said for them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. In Acts, it goes on there again, a verse or two more. It says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to all the ends of the earth. The outpouring of the Spirit happened at Pentecost and we all need our own Pentecost. We all need our experience of being filled with the Spirit. And um, it is a wonderful experience. We can know Jesus, we can meet him, he can, we can be born again, but there's another experience of being baptised, being filled with the Spirit... And it can overwhelm us, it can be so real, it can life-changing us, and it can deliver us. And uh, I don't think we ever um, lose, want to lose sight of the greatness of that experience and what, what is on offer to us that Jesus wants to pour out more on us. I'll never forget, I mean, I've probably shared it many times here, but I will never forget my first weekend here coming to a little house group and hearing people just worship the Lord, uh, just lifting up the name of Jesus and just feeling like there's something inside of me that's wanting to burst out and to just be released. And that experience of being filled with his spirit and speaking in tongues and being refreshed in his presence and being released, um, it's just like that verse, in his presence essence is fullness of joy and no matter how long we go on with the Lord no matter how many years go by I don't think we can ever deny the reality of an encounter we have when we meet the Spirit of God and he fills our lives in Psalms it says better is one day in your courts than a thousand else 
elsewhere. We sang that song about his presence. His presence is not just um, a couple of tingles going down our spine. It's something real. It's tangible. It's here. It's him. It's the spirit of God. And uh, a day in those courts is better than many outside. Moses experienced similar things. You know, he talks about when he was at the bush and he took off his shoes, and you know, and he was just encountering God and it turned his entire life around and uh, he lived in that presence. All his walk with God, all the things that God called him to do, he lived in that and uh, that's why he has this most famous saying. He says, if your presence will not go with me. When he was asked to go up uh, to keep on going, he said, I'm not going there unless you're with unless you come with us, unless your presence, he'd experienced the presence of God. He says, do not bring us up, up from here, for how shall it be known that I have found favour in your sight, I and your people? Is it not in your going with us so that we are distinct, I and your people, from every other people on the face of the earth? The only thing that makes us different from the rest of the world is the fact that we have the presence of God resident in our hearts. It is the thing that distinguishes us and makes us different. Last week, uh, just had that sense when we were worshiping the Lord um, uh, that the Spirit was saying He wants, he, he is ready to do more. He wants to do more. You know, sometimes we feel like Ben was saying at the start, it's not about striving. It's not about trying to work hard to get more. It's about surrender. It's about yielding. Uh, I was hearing a guy talk this week about yielding and he was saying how we have here uh, signs that say uh, give, give way. There's a, there, there's a give way sign at the top of our street. You know, when you approach it and there's a give way sign, you give way. In the US... Apparently, in some states, they have the word yield. And we are to yield to the Spirit. We are to give way to him. We are to make room for him. I just felt like God's wanting to do more. We just need to somehow get our posture right, our attitude or our heart, those couple of things that we need, that we uh, have a posture that's conducive to, re to actually receive all the more that God has has for us. I guess our biggest enemy is that we settle, that we're just satisfied, that we're content. We actually have to thirst and long for more. And uh, I just feel God's wanting in these space, in these few weeks, as we look at some verses and different ones share, that we are wanting to lean in to more that God has for us. There's a river, isn't there? There is a river, the streams of which shall make glad. I was hearing about, uh, someone uh, shared this, there was a city in Mississippi called Rodney. Has anyone heard of Rodney? Anyone heard of it? Apparently it was one of the biggest cities in Mississippi close to 200 years ago. The Mississippi River ran right past Rodney and the city grew and got strong. It survived all sorts of trials and maybe fires and and droughts and various things, but Rodney was this flourishing, alive town because it was on the river. And then one day, um, 
there was a sand, sand, sand bank that began to develop somewhere on the Mississippi River and the river moved. And the river went a different course and went about two or three k's away from Rodney. And Rodney, uh, over time, became a town that was just no one knew, knew about. And great cities got bigger and bigger. I thought, you know, there is a river... We need to be planted by the river. We need to be close to the river today. We need to position ourselves where God is wanting to move. We need to be in line with him. We need to be in sync with him. And we need to position ourselves for all that God has. Jesus came to reveal to us what our father is like, didn't he? And uh, what is your picture of God today? What picture do you get when you pray to him. What's in, what's in your mind? Um, uh, Jesus told a couple of key things, I thought. One was he talked about a loving dad, a loving dad who has, was uh, from the day one of his sons left, left home, was in his heart ached and ached because this one son uh, had gone away, had uh, turned his back on him and had left home and had wasted everything he had and uh, his life was being destroyed. And this dad's heart ached. And he talked about a dad who saw his son coming over the hill with a repentant heart wanting to come home and he went running to him. You know, that's the kind of that's our, that, that, that is the God we serve. He talked about a generous dad who wouldn't hold anything back that was good for us. He said if he, would, if he did not withhold his only son, how would he withhold any good thing from us? He's a good God. He's generous. He's a loving dad. And the other thing I thought, he's faithful. He's faithful to keep his promise. You know... When your dad makes you a promise, if you're a seven-year-old boy, you're going to hold your dad to his promise. And, you know, our God is faithful and he keeps his promises. And there's one thing that God promised and he promised to send his spirit and he promised to give it to each of us. In fact, one of the titles for the spirit of God, it's the promise of the Father. And then in Luke, uh, Ben referred to this as well at the start. He said, what father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? And if he asks for an egg, will he give him a, a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more, I love that little phrase, how much more? Will the heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? The coming of the Spirit, Pentecost, was a fulfillment of the promise from our dad. It's a promise. We can guarantee it. God will give it to us. We only need to ask. In Acts it says, listen to some of these great Verses says, repent. This is uh, Peter got up on the day of Pentecost. Uh, this guy that had betrayed uh, the Lord had been intimidated, 
acted by a young girl who came when he was getting his hands warm by a fire and he denied Christ and he's in fear of a young woman and he's going to deny the Lord. Now he stands up bold as bold and at the end of his speech he says, repent and be baptised, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are afar off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. What wonderful words in there, you know. I just think you will receive the gift. It's a gift. We do nothing to earn it. We do nothing to work for it. It is something that our loving, generous, faithful dad wants to give to us. He wants to give us the gift of the Holy Spirit. And it's a promise for us and our children. It's for every generation. It's for everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord. In Galatians, Paul said this. He said, he redeemed us in order or for this purpose that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. So there's something God has redeemed us for. He's redeemed us so he can bless us, give us the blessing that was promised to us that might come to the Gentiles, that's us, the people that are not Jews, so that by faith we might receive what? The promise of the Spirit. It's a promise. It's a gift. It's there for us. God always has more. No one who asks to be baptised in the Holy Spirit will ever be denied. No one. He will, it's a gift uh, and it's for us. We simply need to ask and receive. You know, when it happens... Something happens to us. I was, uh, you know, people that receive the Spirit and get filled, it's like they come alive. I was, you know, um, I can, re what, what was coming to my mind before I had, I had a friend when I first got saved and then I got baptised in the Spirit and I began to go and share with him my faith and he was living in a house with, a, with, with another friend. He'd broken up from his wife. He had two little kids, uh, They'd been, he'd been involved in drugs, he, you know, he was just lost. And I'm going in telling him what's happened to me and I just feel alive. I feel like God's changed my life. I feel like he's got to see this. I feel like I've found the answer and I'm wanting to tell him. That's what happens to us when we get filled with the Spirit, isn't it? We suddenly get more bold than we've ever been before. Suddenly we don't care about what people think. Suddenly we are witnesses for Christ. It just, we, we just come alive. You know, if we are filled with the Spirit, we need to be bold. We need to have that, um, that thing that we just got to tell somebody. And I remember going to see Gerald and I just felt, I've got to go see Gerald and go knocking on his doories. And, he's, uh, he's, and I told, told him what had happened to me and he said, I'm saved as well. Uh, uh, because I've been reading the book of Revelation. And uh, I don't know what he was reading or what he was smoking or what. And, I, and I, I just knew what happened to me had not happened to him yet. I said, Gerald, 
you're not saved. And he reckoned he was ready to punch my lights out. And um, then he left, he, left, he left that house and he went hitching down to New South Wales, just lost. And he's on a road and he's saying, if what Guppy said was true, um, let someone else come along. And uh, within, within half an hour, I think, three guys coming o- over a hill, going to a, a church camp for young adults or something, and they pick him up, and within hours he's at this camp, and then within a day or two of this camp, he's, he's lying on the ground, um, they're trying to pray for him to get filled with the spirit, he can't talk, and all of a sudden there's almost like this explosion, and he talks in tongues, and he's free, and he comes back home to his wife, and he gives us a ring, and I go see, see him, and there's not one swear word coming out of his mouth. And uh, we all had colour, and he had no colour coming out anymore. He had no French, and it was clear, and his eyes were lit up, and he was enthused, and he'd, met, he'd not just met Jesus. He'd gotten filled with something, you know, and... Uh, there's evidence when we get filled with the Spirit. There's got to be evidence. There's got to be something that's like, you know, it says we will be endured with power from on high. There's got to be something more. Do we want that? Do we really want that? I mean, when, when my dad got filled with the Spirit as a sincere Catholic and his life changed, he made me thirsty. He made me thirsty. And I wanted what he had. And uh, people were getting filled with the spirit around some of our Catholic youth. And there was things going on. And I just thought, I need this. I need more than what I got. I'd even gone to church and gave my life to the Lord. And a few months went by before I got filled with the spirit. But I was thirsty for what people were starting to experience from God. And... uh, We've got to get thirsty. Listen to this. This is Jesus. This is on a feast day. In John 7, we all, all know the verses. There's a feast going on. There's a feast about, uh, feast of tabernacles, I think. I'm not sure now. But there's a feast. And in this feast, the, at one point in the feast, it's the time where the priests go into the pool of uh, Shalom or whatever it is, and they get pitchers of water, and they're going to pour it out. And uh, it's all these pictures about water and rivers and all these themes about um, the river that they saw back when they were brought out of uh, Egypt. And they're looking for the river that's coming ahead with the temple of Ezekiel and all these things. They've got pictures in their heart of this river and these and these priests are going to pour this water out and there's all this imagery going around and Jesus suddenly turns up this day and at this point and he stands up he's not just he 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 is the the river that was there once before he's the river ahead but he's the river that's present and he says on the last day of the feast the great day Jesus stood up and cried out if any man thirsts let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now this he said about the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive, 
For as yet the, the Spirit had not been given because, because Jesus had not been glorified. If any man thirst, I just feel we just got to get thirsty for more. We don't have to do a lot of work. We don't have to sort of work hard at this. We just got to get thirsty. We just got to want it. We got to desire it. And we've just got to come to him and drink. I mean, that's simple, isn't it? That's simple. Just thirst and just come to Jesus and just drink. Just like Ben was saying before, just put up our hands like a funnel and let, it, let God pour into our lives. What, what, what would happen if the river of God poured into every heart here? What would happen if we put up our hands in that funnel and there was that, there was that much thirst here that God was so attracted to the thirst that he just thought, I have got to pour out to these people because I am a faithful God who promised to give to all those that ask. You know, it says, ask and you shall receive. You know, we need to have the picture of God as good, as faithful, as generous, as, as he is leaning in towards us more than we have any idea. You know, how good is God? He will not withhold one good thing from us. That's the picture we need. We need our hands up like a funnel and letting God pour in. In Isaiah, it says similar words. It says, come all you who are thirsty, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come buy and eat. We don't need resources. We don't need money. We don't need wealth. We don't need something we've got to go and get first. We just got to come with thirsty hearts and be ready to receive. And we just need to ask. You know, the, the baptism in the Spirit, is a doorway to, to the so much more that God has for us. All the so much more we're looking for begins when we're filled with the Spirit. As I said before, it'll make us bold. It'll empower us to live the struggles we might have uh, to live this walk. The more filled we are with the Spirit, the more empowered we are to live because all we've got to do is just give way. We just got to give way, and that Spirit of God empowers us to, to live the way He's called us to live. Think about those verses in Ezekiel where it prophesied the covenant that we were going to live beneath this new covenant. It was a covenant where the Spirit came. It said, I will pour out my Spirit, um, and He will cause you to walk in my ways. You know, we can so struggle with trying to live the life we're called to live if we would get ourselves more and more thirsty, more and more asking, just, uh, just receive from him, we would be empowered to live the life that he would want us to live. All the gifts of the Spirit, they all come through this doorway of being baptised in the Spirit. We read through the book of Acts. If ever there was an X factor, if ever there was something that, you know, you could say was perhaps the, the silver bullet, it was the Spirit of God being poured out. If there was anything we need more of, we need to make more room for the Holy Ghost. He is there. Paul, Paul said, The kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. We need power. I mean, you think about the need, you, you know, uh, 
for, for the nurses here. You look at the need in people's life. You look at people that teach in schools and they see young lives and they see the fracturing in, in, young, in young people, those that maybe work with youth. You've only got to go down the shopping mall. You've only got to go down the street. There is such need. Do we ever need... Uh, is there ever a day more when we would need power? We need the power of God. Paul said, our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power. We need more than just information. We need that power to transform us. The revival of the baptism in the spirit, which probably happened a bit over 100 years ago in the church, uh, it's given the church its, its greatest cutting edge. You think about it from those small things that began about 1905 or whenever it was in the Pentecostal churches or that whole uh, belief that there was something more that if, if we would ask, ask for it, we could receive. It was almost like in parts the river, the river had dried up and they began to call on God and he poured out his spirit more. Today there's seven... Hundred million people at least on the planet today that are lifting up their hands like we did before, uh, looking for that funnel to get filled, talking in tongues and being revived. That's what the church needs. It needs more of the Spirit. I just wonder if the uh, team could come. We'll just finish up. Well, soon, I think. <laughs> The Holy Spirit cannot be ignored. We have to make room for him. That's why we're doing this for these few weeks. We just want to make space for him. We want to make room. He can be neglected. That's why Paul said to um, a Timothy, fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. What happens when we get filled with this? You hear it many times. It's just a simple thing. We have a thirst, we ask, someone lays hands on us and we pray and you receive. It's not rocket science and it's free and it's a gift and it's good. And uh, if you've got it, then we need to fan into flame what we've already got. You know, fires are impossible to put out while there's a continual source of fuel. While we keep fueling it, the fire will keep going. And God's... God, God lit the fire at Pentecost, and uh, he's just looking for fuel. And it was, the, you know, it was like in the um, Leviticus. It talks about the fire that the priests had on the altar. That fire was lit by God, it said, but it, it had to keep going. And, it's, and, and, and God, God, God said, the fire on the altar shall be kept burning. It shall not go out. The priest shall burn wood on it every morning. We need to supply the fuel. We need to keep the fire going. Simple disciplines, simple little things of being thirsty for God. If, if we're thirsty, our day begins with a prayer. Our day begins where we want to meet with God. If, we're if we thirst for God, it's not a ritual it's relationship, but it's real. And we're just asking God 
for more. We just want to talk to him. We just want to worship him. We just want to be with him. We just want to, we, we just want to hang out with God. It doesn't just leave us just because we've done it for a short time, but our whole day there's this sense that God's with me, that God, I love you. God, I want to live for you. That is the cry of our heart. We just need to keep the fuel going. You know, you can put out a fire with one simple thing. You can starve the oxygen. You know, it's a bit like they used to have those wicks on those candles or, you know, on the wall and they just come up with that little snuffer thing and you just put it out. What's it doing? It's just starving the oxygen. That's all it is. I thought fires need to be fanned. Paul said, fan into the flame, Timothy, the fire that I've begun. Stir it up. Let it keep, put some wood on the fire. Put some breath on the fire. Put some oxygen on the fire. We cannot afford to get apathetic about the Holy Spirit. If we do not stir up our Pentecostal roots, if we don't make space for him, you know, the river will shift. There'll be a bank that's come up and the river starts to move. We want the river smack bang in the middle of this room. We want it in the middle of all our lives. We want it in our town. We want to see God move. I heard someone say, you know, you look at a camp, camp, campfire, the best way to get that fire going is to create space between the bits of wood because the oxygen gets in. And I thought we need to make space. We need to make space in our day for God. We need to, you know, we get so busy. I get busy. Life gets busy. Sometimes we've just got to stop the traffic of busyness. Somehow we've got to slow it down so there's room to meet with God. There's room to just stop and worship him and just, just love him and just be with him. There's got to be room where we get together, where we fellowship, where there's a whole lot of blocks of wood here and the oxygen gets in and the fire burns. We can't be so busy that we don't fellowship. We've got to manage our lives. We've got to make room for him. Let's make some space today. Just want us to make some space. Are we thirsty? David said, As a deer pants for the flowing stream, so pants my soul for you, O God. Is there a pant in every heart today? He said, O God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. We've just got to We've just got to get thirsty. Simple as that. And we've just got to believe that we serve a loving, generous, gracious God who's, who's leaning into us and wanting to pour out all the more that we want. We've got to re-realize re what he has for us as a gift. We don't have to work for it. We don't have to do anything. We just need to receive. What father among you, if a son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a, a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly other give the Holy Spirit to those 
who ask him. Can I invite you as we sing once more? I don't know what song. Pick a song. Give one of those last two or Rach. Let it rain or um, whatever the one was before then. I don't mind which. Whatever you feel. But I just want us to stand this morning. I just want us to be... I just want us to again, after we've heard these scriptures, just invite you again. As Ben said, let's put up the funnel. Let's put the funnel up and let's receive. Let's ask God for more. If you're not filled with the Spirit... If you've never experienced the baptism in the Spirit and spoken tongues, I invite you, put up your hand, put up the funnel and receive today. Jesus said, if any man thirsts, let him come to me and drink. We're not going anywhere. You're not coming to me. You're going to Jesus. You're putting up your hands. We just want to drink. There's a river here. It's here, the streams of which... Make glad the city of God. Let us receive today the more that God has for us. Let's worship him again.